0: You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen.
1: Straight from the inbox, uh, from... Episode 459, Pamela. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the episode. I listened to it several times to make sure I absorbed it well. We have long term stress that's affecting our relationship. But what struck me the strongest was the following. And this was the episode we had with Dr. Brado. Uh huh. Well, she felt so validated when Dr. Brado stated that the day to day grind, the daily to do list, the never ending list of things we need to get through can almost amount to significant, can also amount to significant stress, Stress and the impact of the day-to-day to-do list can be more negative to our brains than a single traumatic event. Yeah. And that's a great way to help people understand that what goes on in our life, it impacts us. And it does. We can act like it, even though when it's a known thing, we yeah. can act like it's... It's, it's not that big deal. We yeah. play the stoic role. That one stroke, right?
0: struck home to me. I'll I'll say
2: that.
1: And she's talk, she goes on to talk about, our listener does, of um, the, the struggle and the chronic nature they have of, hey, I need you to get this done. And the spouse says, I'll do it. And then he doesn't. And how that just continues to create this issue.
0: Yeah, just festers.
1: And then, so she had written this all up to send. And then heard this episode and sends it, adds a little update to it, just saying, Hey, because of this episode, I brought up this stuff again on how this was affecting me. So, this past weekend, we worked together and accomplished several items on the list. As usual, doing the things together had the same effect on us as a great date, and it was a great weekend. One weekend doesn't fix all our issues, but it was a nice break from them. Thanks for all that you do.
0: That's wonderful.
1: And that is the whole nature of married life. Sometimes, isn't it? That mm-hmm. We get those glimpses and those. Oh, this is why. Yeah. we're doing. <laughs> Here's what it can be. And hopefully, that helps us stay in it to realize that yes, when we have stresses that are going on and we have these issues that happen, um, it does create some issue, uh, some results in our brains that can really impact things. Yeah, but. Being able to look at it more and more, and this is the thread we've been on the last several weeks, um, being able to look at more and more, what's my role in it? Mm -hmm. What's my responsibility? Um, How do I move forward and and play my part in this better?
0: Right, and we've got to be proactive in that right now and really looking at, um, especially with so many stressors going on right now with people uh, amid this uh, COVID crisis, we don't even realize... um, how the little things are affecting us. And it just, it's like the snowball effect, right? And it's, it's rolling down here really fast. And all these little things just keep adding on and making that snowball bigger and bigger and bigger. And you don't even realize it until it's just this giant mound and you step back and right before it's about to hit the house or something. Right. Um, So you really got to be proactive and and figure out, do I need a perspective change? Do I need to step away and see if I can step outside of myself and look in at who I am, how I'm acting, how am I reacting?
1: Yeah, there's a tremendous benefit to um, assume some seasons or some moments in my life where I uh, take the role of a newspaper reporter. And and look <laughs> okay. at look at what's going on in my life from an outside perspective, from an objective perspective, mm-hmm. and ask the question and pondering why, why do I do that? Why did I act that way? And just to be curious about it, yeah. because you can start to find here's here's some avenues of maybe how I'm co-creating this, and I'm not even aware of. Mm-hmm. Because it is it is good to know um, we can change the system, we can influence it differently. Yeah. And we can maybe get some different results in the long run. But uh, you got to look at the common denominator through this whole thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And a common denominator through all of Sexy Marriage Radio is the SMR Nation. Yeah. And the fact that they show up each and every week to hang out with us. Thanks again for taking a little bit of time out of your week to join us. Uh, Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're in lockdown or if life is returning to normal in your area of the world. Um, or trying to. Uh, we're so glad that you take some time out. And if you've got something going on that you want us to address, uh, some feedback that you want to share, some praise, how this works with you or in your world, We want to know. 214-702-9565 or as always, been around for over eight years. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is the inbox to let us know what's going on. And we also ask you if you like the show, um, however you choose to listen, Jump on, rate and review, leave a comment. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, whatever means you use to find us. Um, please help spread the word that married mm-hmm. sex can be fantastic. It's mm-hmm. not It's not something that's just this drudgery, it, that's just part of the whole equation. It could be a great thing because marriages can be great, mm-hmm. and that's what we believe in here at Sexy Marriage Radio. On that uh, Uh, other things that we've got going on here real quick. Uh, The Sexy Marriage Radio getaway for 2020, Mm -hmm. we had mentioned is canceled and we're postponing Mm it. Uh, We have moved it now to June 17 through 20 of 2021. Yeah. And so same location here at the Marriott Solana. If you are registered and have already started the process, uh, hopefully you received an email from me about That can just be transferred over, Mm -hmm. or you could let me know and we'll send you a refund. Mm -hmm. But we hope that you will uh, go ahead and mark the calendars 17 through 20 of 2021 in June of next year. Uh, We're just going to make the call to move it that far out uh, just to alleviate all of some of the unknowns Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, that are going on in our world right now as we look forward into what things will look like as we come out of this. So coming up on today's show... This is one of the things that we've done a couple different times now where mm-hmm. we have a regular version and an extended version, and today we're combining them. Because, so everybody gets it all. Because today okay. we're talking about sex in quarantine.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: And I think that applies to the SMR Nation. Right. And we want everybody to have the full show just because the content that uh, we go over today is, is worth it. On, You need to understand the systemic nature of what's going on. And then here's some things you can do that can practically help. Because joining me on the episode today is Vanessa Marin. She was on episode just like seven weeks ago mm-hmm. with me. She's mm-hmm. a sex therapist out in California. And so she hopped on the air with me so that we can have a deeper discussion about how does this impact marriages, specifically our sex lives? Because there's a dampening that comes with this kind of an unknown mm-hmm. and this kind of a struggle. hmm uh, that one or both partners are going to be feeling and that's that's fairly normal yeah and so we want to talk straightforward about that. Uh, so there's still two versions if you whichever way you ch- uh, join, if you listen to the regular version uh, that is, it's the same as is if you're on the extended version, uh, which is usually deeper longer and this time there's no ads. Uh, you can still subscribe to avoid the ads at smrnation.com. Um, we're glad that you're a part of the Academy. And if you're not, this is a taste of what it's like. So all that's coming up on today's show. Joining me today, again, from uh, Vanessa Marin, was just on, just like, what, six, seven episodes ago. Uh, (laughs) And so one of the things that's been interesting with the way the world has unfolded uh, with the COVID-19 virus and the way everything is altering and changing uh, in the world, and for sure here in the States, uh, Vanessa reached out. And said, "Hey, we need to do a show together on how this is impacting marriages, and for specifically sex lives, because it is fascinating that um, this is having different results than some of the other stuff in history that's been a global thing. That there's a different there's a different feel and a different uh, pressure on marriages and people." that some of the research I've been finding in the last couple of days is, is bearing that out as well. And so, Vanessa, thanks so much for, for not only initiating the conversation, but coming back on the air with me again.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I know it's a really crazy time right now, and I have just been feeling super inspired to try to provide as much support and resources as I can. So I just wanted to see if I could hop back with your listeners and uh, give some more value.
1: Perfect. And so I wanted to just dive right in because... Uh, there's a couple of different things, obviously, that uh, have impacted couples with this. Uh, one is just it's a disruption of the daily life. That mm-hmm. if you're if you're a listener in the SMR Nation and you are currently under the quarantine or the encouragement of shelter in place or safer at home or as <laughs> as the Fort Worth mayor here in the Dallas area says, y'all stay home. Um, you know, <laughs> there's all kinds of messages out there. Uh, it, it absolutely impacts life. And I'm curious cause you're in California and yeah, I'm in LA. So, uh, it's, it's in here in the middle, in the Midwest area. Uh, there's a lot of similarity cause of big cities, but then there's also a different feel. And so I feel like from the two different sides of this equation, uh, with not only where we both live, but also the male-female perspective and the professionals in what we do. Uh, what are some of the best things that people can, that are probably feeling, and then what can they do about it relationally?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it's really important to recognize that this is such a challenging time for our relationship. So obviously... We're really focused on the health crisis and everything that's going on around that, as we totally should be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm worried because I don't see people talking too much about the impacts that it's having in our homes. And the reality is that there's an incredible amount of stress that's piled on top of our relationships right now. So I think it's really important for us to have specific strategies and game plans. And even on the most basic level, just. Just to start opening up conversations with our partners about how do we get through this together? How do we make sure not only that we survive, you know, getting through this, but I think there actually is an opportunity here for our relationships to thrive too.
1: Absolutely, and I, so I think first and foremost, uh, it's it's just recognizing the normalcy of when things like this are uh, happening and we're disrupted. The fact that you feel probably a little shorter or more on edge or irritable or moody or reactionary. I would put that in the normal category that that that's going to (laughs) happen, right? That that's, Uh that's that we're, we're gonna, we're going to deal with this differently. And so a lot of times our thresholds come down and so it takes less to get us into a, a, a reaction, a reactionary stance, but then, there's this other element that you're describing, uh, as we were just getting ready to get on the air, of it also is the physical disruption, right? Of just <laughs> if if you are uh, married to someone or are in a relationship with someone where you're not working outside of the house anymore, and now uh, you're at home, that's a that's a different beast.
2: It's a completely different beast. So I've actually been working from home with my husband on the same business since 2015. So we've got some practice at doing this. But I remember when we first made that transition, you know, he used to work in the corporate world. He was working for Google before he came to work with me on my business. Um, you know, he would leave during the day. And even before I had my business, when I was working, you know, some silly office jobs, we would both leave during the day. And so you'd have, you know, an entire workday plus that commute time to just be apart from each other, to be interacting with other people, doing work. Um, You'd have all this space away. And so coming back home at the end of the day, there was stuff to catch up on. Oh, My gosh, you can't believe what happened in this meeting today. Susan said the most ridiculous thing. Um, You know, it gives us a little bit of a chance to miss each other. And now, you know, there are so many couples who, for the first time ever, are spending every waking moment together. And not only that, but there are so many additional tasks and responsibilities on our plates. So, you know, if you have kids, all of a sudden you're the primary caretaker. Maybe you're also the homeschooler. Um, You're trying to figure out how to work from home for the first time ever. Um, You might not have other support that you usually have, like, you know, a housekeeper. Now you're the housekeeper, too. Um, so there's just, you know, so much more that we're doing with all of this added pressure and all of this extra time together.
1: Right. And so based on your experience of, of doing uh, close proximity presence with the spouse for a longer, longer span thus far, um, what are some of the main things you've seen that help navigate that?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that we made that switch a while ago because now I feel like I have some good resources and ideas that I can <laughs> offer people instead of just I'm in the trenches here with you. This sucks. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of the the things that we learned was making sure that we have separate working spaces. Okay. Um, so you know we've lived in different you know apartments, small apartments, and and homes you know throughout our time together, and so I know that this can be more challenging in certain spaces than others. You you know, there are plenty of couples living in studios, yep. um, but as creative as you can get with whatever space you have, trying to create as much distance between the two of you as possible. So physical distance is great. You know, if you're lucky enough to have a spare bedroom that you could turn into an office or, you know, a little nook in the kitchen that you can turn into an office, but as far away as the two of you can be from each other during the day, I know it doesn't sound very romantic, but it's definitely going (laughs) to help maintain your sanity. Absolutely.
1: And that builds into some of the natural dynamic that you've had if you're going to different locations, because Mm -hmm. there is um, a component and the reality of marriage is that the good relationships have room to breathe, right? Exactly. That you have space, that it, it's, there's times where you're close together, and then there's times where you got space and, and distance between you. And that's a natural <laughs> ebb and flow of just a vibrant relationship, of, of a regular relationship.
2: Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, even if you do have to be in the same room, I think we can get creative here too. Maybe there's like a room divider that you have that you can put up, even hang a curtain or a little sheet or something, um, or make it so you don't, you're not facing each other. Because if you're having to look at your partner's face all day long as they make weird faces, reading their emails or listening to them chewing their lunch all day, like you're going to go nuts. (laughs) So if you can even just be turning away from each other, that can help a lot.
1: That's good, and I, it also seems to me the importance of having a set space that mm-hmm. is I mean some people probably are more of the creative ilk that I want to just wherever the wherever my mood takes me is where I'm working from today right but <laughs> but there is an importance because this is one of the things that's worked in our home uh, for the last couple of weeks that we've been doing this here and now mm-hmm. that Pam's working here too um, we each have designated spaces in the home that. Yeah. This yeah. is where my daughter, that's where her school goes. This is where my son goes for his school. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have a table. Pam's got the living room. So it's all just kind of set. And that way we have kind of our own identified, this is my office. And I think that's yeah. another structure component that's an important thing.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you can be flexible with this, too. So let's say, you know, one of you gets a spare bedroom as your office, but the other one has to do a private conference call. You know, you can you can swap out a little bit if necessary. But I definitely think that, you know, having a designated space, especially if you've never worked from home before, that can be a nice piece of structure for yourself personally. Um, So you feel like, yeah, this is my zone that I go to and this is when I get into work mode. Um, And and it seems that's an easy
1: setup for, uh, have a structure of time too, like have office hours, right? And school hours. That's exactly
2: what I was about to say. It also lets you leave that space when you're done with your working hours, because I think there's, you know, when we work from home, there can be a real bleeding of, you know, professional time and personal time. (laughs) Totally. So having a separate space where you say, okay. My day's over. I finished my tasks. I get to walk away from this space and go to the other, you know, some other area.
1: And adding to that, uh, the one thing that pops to my mind is the importance of a margin that uh, for those of you that aren't used to working from home and you usually have that commute time to disengage from Mm -hmm. one before you engage in another. uh, One of my clients actually came up with because he had to move to start working downstairs. This was years ago, uh, but his job. Uh, transferred and he was able to work from home. And so he started working in the basement and it was such a disruption that mm-hmm. he could never leave work That's the way he felt. Mm-hmm. And so he actually came up with the strategy of at the end of the work day, he would walk up the stairs, go in, get in, get in his car, drive a mile down the road and circle the <laughs> block and come back and then come in. And he had that to do, he, he did that for a week. And then that kind of got his brain in a better reset of, okay, <laughs> But there's a benefit of go for a walk around the block after the business closes. And there's then when you come home, you're you're re entering into home life as much as you can.
2: Absolutely. That's such a great, I call them transitions, you know, for us transitioning from one activity to the next and I love how he got creative with it. I think we are (laughs) all going to be called upon right now to get creative with different strategies, but it also reminds me, um, there's a productivity coach named Brendan Burchard. Who has something similar and what he does is he calls it the release tension set intention. So whenever we're switching from one activity yeah. to the next, mm-hmm. he says, take a little bit of time to just release whatever tension you're holding on to from that activity. Maybe, you know, the end of your workday and then set your intention for how you want to show up in the next activity. Of
1: Perfect. Perfect.
2: So it could be, you know, yeah, I want to release all this tension from that tough work meeting and this big project. Let me take a few minutes to breathe and let go. And then I want to transition into being with my family and I want to set this intention to be very present and patient and lovely, you know, whatever it is for you. But um, just that, you know, taking 30 seconds to do that can be super powerful.
1: That's huge because that's also mimicking some of the normal because we are all rote creatures, right? As humans, we get into a routine, yeah. and for a majority of people, when that stuff is is disrupted, it throws you off. And mm-hmm, yeah. so, the more you can do to replicate it, uh, and and the, mm-hmm. whatever the meaning is that you can get as close to it, uh, I think you yeah. all benefit. So, if if we've dealt with some of the physical ideas of okay, this is this is the space, this is the structure, mm-hmm. now we got to get into the relational. Because I know this is the thing. That's disrupting people, because I, I don't know if you've heard when all of this looked like it was coming and there was going to be um, this mass quarantine, uh, you know, because I think at the time we're recording this, I mean, I've heard from anywhere from a fifth to a third of the world's population is under quarantine right now, as far as encouraged to stay home. Oh, so
2: wild. It, yeah. Totally.
1: Um, but if one of the things I've heard is obviously uh, this is impacting marriages to where the divorce rates are going up because Mm -hmm. of the tension and if there are already some tension going on and you're and there's a forced close confines (laughs) component to it Mm -hmm. uh most people that's the last straw but then there's this other speculation of i wonder if there'd be a baby boom after this Mm -hmm. right of will this turn towards hey all of a sudden now we have this what it would be january babies that are coming along Mm -hmm. and i'm not so sure more and mm-hmm. more. And as, as I'm kind of feeling this out, and I think it's because the stress and the unknown of what's going on is really a libido dampener for people.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> so
1: we got to go there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and spend some yeah. time there talking about what do we do? How do, you, how do, you, how do, we, how do we help people confront this better?
2: Yeah. So, you know, for the vast majority of people, stress is the number one killer of sex drives. So, you know, before this entire crisis hit, I work with a lot of people with low libido or feel like they even have no libido. Um, And often what we uncover is that the main thing going on is they're crazy stressed. So now we're in a period of time where we're experiencing even more stress than ever before, a completely different new kind of stress than we've ever experienced. So there's a lot going on. Um, there definitely are some people who use sex as a form of stress relief. Sure. Um, so I have this sex personality types model that I created. And one of the types in, you know, in the model is the decompressor. And that's all about, they look to sex to be that stress relief. Okay. Um, but that tends to be a pretty small portion of the population. Um, most people do feel, you know, once they feel stressed, they're just not interested in feeling sexy. So I think there are two main problems that that most couples are facing right now. Either neither one of them is feeling sexy at all, sex feels like just the furthest thing from your mind, or you're in a situation where one partner does not feel sexy and the other partner is looking for sex as that stress relief, and then you're gonna be butting heads with each right. other, thinking, you know, the, the one partner me thinking You're crazy. How do you want sex right now? And the <laughs> exactly. other one thing, you're crazy. How could you not want it right now?
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're <laughs> exacerbating the natural dynamic of difference anyway.
2: Exactly. Cause exactly.
1: I, I fully believe in the higher desire, lower desire continuum. And mm-hmm. one of you is always one while the other's the other and mm-hmm. neither one's right or wrong. But when these kinds of things happen, uh, that, that bridge gets even further.
2: Yeah.
1: And, yeah. and so you're recognizing, okay, stress and just the natural cortisol that comes from that in your brain will dampen
2: everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really challenging. So I think... You know, so my basic belief that I always come back to is that we each get to make decisions about our own sex life, you know, whatever feels good for us. So there very well may be some people out there who are saying, you know what, I just need my sex life to go on the back burner right now. That's perfectly okay. We get to decide, you know, what those boundaries are. But in general, I do think that it is worth us putting a little bit of effort into maintaining intimacy with our partner, because the reality is regardless of if you were super excited about sex or not for most of us, after we've had sex, we are really grateful that we have right we feel sure. super connected to our partner we feel relaxed our moods usually better we feel more intimate so you know sex just has so many incredible benefits not to mention there are even benef- you know health benefits it can boost our immunity it can you know decrease pain get rid of headaches and cramps it does all kinds of crazy stuff But you know, because it can be just feel so good for us afterwards, I do think it's worth making a little effort to to try to connect, even if you're not feeling interested.
1: And here's here's the one question that comes to mind with this with this train of thought, Vanessa, is um, because I can almost hear that what we're what we're describing with this is pleasurable sex for both sides, Mm -hmm. not just one sided. Exactly. Because there can be a component of if it's lousy sex, then you're just further exacerbating an issue Mm
2: -mm. that's already Mm -hmm.
1: there to where if she, in this example we're discussing, um, is not orgasmic in it because there's no time spent going towards that Mm -hmm. or she's not after that. You know, there's all kinds of factors that can come up into play in that. but. what we're describing of getting the benefits because there is an element of orgasm that releases a lot Mm -hmm. of these chemicals that
2: Mm -hmm. you're describing
1: the dopamines the oxytocin you know the the, the serotonin all of those things that are like
2: all the good stuff that's just a great little (laughs) cocktail
1: in your brain that just helps Uh boost everything okay so that's at least worth noting that that means you might have to as you put it Put a little more intention a little more effort into making sure that's part of the dynamic during this season of what's going on.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think it's also important to normalize here, too, that sex always takes effort. So we definitely have this (laughs) big myth that... You know, that is sex true. should be spontaneous and it just happens and it's natural. And, you know, the reality is crisis or no crisis um, that, you know, it doesn't happen that way. It right. does require us to be really active and to make that effort. So maybe that helps make people feel a little bit better, recognizing, yeah, we're up against some different kind of challenges than before, but it's the same sort of approach that we want to keep taking, that we recognize that sex is something that we work on, not something that we just rely on to work.
1: Okay. Perfect. And so if you're recognizing, because the other thing you mentioned right at the beginning of this little conversation was there are some people that would be like, you know what? I think I just need to put this on the back burner, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just, I've got too much else or it's, it's really weighing me. And there's, in my opinion, there's merit to be honest about that. So at least you're not leaving yeah. your partner out there in limbo wondering yeah. what's going on. Cause how often do we fall victim to married life where, We read our partner and then we add in all these other, you know, messages Mm -hmm. and meanings and all this stuff, which not that they don't exist, but we've exacerbated it even more when if they would just come at me with the, this is where I really am at this moment, at least I can get a little bit of a level set of what we do. Yeah, it has to be
2: a conversation. It's not just you deciding, (laughs) I'm not going to have sex while this is going on. You have to talk to your partner about that to make sure they know. (laughs) Fair
1: point. Fair point. So when stress is one of the major things that does uh, squash desire, Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that, um, particularly the person that uh, would be in the lower desire component of the relationship anyway, what are some things they can do?
2: Yes, great question. So one thing that I am talking about a lot right now with the couples that I'm working with is scheduling sex. So I'm a really big fan of scheduling sex for a lot of different reasons, totally outside the crisis as well. But I think that it can work particularly well right now. Um, So the idea here is that, you know, you and your partner are going to pick specific days and times that you're going to carve out for intimacy. Okay. Um, Now, I think a lot of people and I will be honest, I used to hate the idea of scheduled sex, too. I thought it sounded terrible, super clinical and boring. (laughs) But um, I've I've played around with a lot of different ways of doing it so that it can actually feel a lot more fun and exciting. And I think one one problem that a lot of couples think of is they hear scheduled sex, and they think it needs to mean that they're having intercourse. But what I think, especially now, is let's get a lot more creative about what sex can mean. Okay. So you're not scheduling intercourse. You're just scheduling that you and your partner are going to spend time alone together involved in some form of touch. I think we need to lower the bar way down right now is just touch. Perfect. So, yeah. So that could be, you know, the two of you, you're just going to lay in bed naked together and hold each other. Maybe it could be that you're going to have a makeout session. Maybe it could be that one partner is going to masturbate and the other partner will just kiss them or something like that. You know, we can have lots of different um, options that we choose from. So that way it doesn't put all this pressure on our shoulders. of Oh, I have to do it. Even if I'm not in the mood, it's like, oh, I have all these different options that I could choose from. And even if I'm not feeling sexy at all, the idea of cuddling with my partner, like how bad could that be? Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I hope that
1: that's a good an answer in the positive. But yeah. uh, but there, because there is a component, the same kind of stuff that you, that we were alluding to that comes along with orgasms is also some of the same. You, you can get some of the same boost from touch. That yes. there's an element of oxytocin. dopamine and oxytocin that's mm-hmm. released from good touch. Because I'm even thinking of it of how do you when you do have times together uh, if you're watching a show that you carve out the time uh, when it's not office hours or, hey, heaven forbid, steal time during office hours to sneak away together a little bit. That can make it a little more fun and novel, possibly. Mm -hmm. But sit sit closer to each other. Don't have your chair, his chair, Mm -hmm. or my space on the couch and yours, and actually get closer to each other and put a leg across the other lap or put a hand on their knee or an arm around them or hold hands that – All of those things are still movement towards the positives that you can get as far as the results of this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think engaging with touch throughout the day can be really, really beneficial. You know, when all the news first broke, um, my husband, Xander, and I, we, you know, we were both feeling scared and overwhelmed, just like everyone else. And then a few days went by, and I was feeling really distant from him. And I realized, like, we haven't been even touching each other at all. We've just been so freaked out and kind of, you know, retreating into our own little world. And so he asked me for a hug, and we hugged each other, and I remember. Oh yeah! There
1: you are. I love
2: hugging my husband. (laughs) This feels good. (laughs) Um, So we, you know, we decided okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot more hugs, a lot more touch than we usually do because we just need that support from each other. Right. So yeah, if you can have touch throughout the day, that also takes away a lot of pressure on a scheduled sex date because that's not then you know the only time that you're interacting with each other. You have more connection throughout the day.
1: Right. Because social distancing, we're not really encouraging it in the marriage.
2: Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, Obviously <I> <laughs> if there's a sickness going
1: on, you want to take the appropriate steps, but yeah. in, in normal cases, how do, the, a lot of the stuff that's being talked about on the community wide isn't necessarily family and for sure not marital. Mm-hmm. And so
2: yeah.
1: it's so fascinating how we as the human race can can get off balance and man, we start just overreacting and panicking mm-hmm. and just shutting down and almost closing off. And this is, it goes back okay. to the idea of why there's probably not going to be the baby boom in, in yeah. my guess from what I'm reading is because, um, this is the whole thing of it's this unknown that adds that, that dampening stress. Whereas during mm-hmm. the war, obviously the baby boom was helped by the fact all these different soldiers around the world are coming home. And so there's this, hey, let's make up for lost time. This You're awesome. I get it. You know, all the different things that you've missed when you were gone. But then there's mm-hmm. this other component that um, I just read that in London, in the middle of World War II, uh, they thought it would, you know, it would really hurt the community because they were being bombed regularly, especially every night. But actually what it did is it made people more resilient and it increased the amount of frolicky, frolicky play going on among the uh-huh. population <laughs> because there was that element of two prongs, right? Of like, hey, we don't know if we're going to survive the night. Let's make the most of it. And mm-hmm. the other of we're hanging around each other and we're all in this together and that's that's an aphrodisiac. But Mm -hmm. you add in this element of the unknown, the, hey, if I sneeze near you, grandma might die component, Mm -hmm. then obviously that's going to be a, uh, no. I'll just stay away from everybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting how our, you know, our, our physical space bubbles even have changed. You know, I mean, now I, I was just, I went on a walk the other day and I came back home and, you know, I was so conscious on the walk of making sure I'm really far apart from other people being very conscious and safe. And then I come back into my house and, you know, Xander comes and and approaches me and I felt that sort of like, Ooh, too close, too close back (laughs) away. to take a second to remind myself he's fine we're right. quarantining together it's really it's we really hard to have uh,
1: real intimate sex when you're keeping a six foot distance from yeah each other. it'd be a little bit right. challenging a, that, is a, that is a hurdle all right so what are some of the other things that can just really help people when it comes to the sexual component the intimate component of their relationship what are we leaving out
2: yeah. So definitely play around with scheduling sex, play around with you know, trying to lower that bar to connection. Um, the other thing that I like about scheduling sex is that it gives you something that you can create some anticipation around. Okay. So, in, you know, another thing that I always hear couples complain about is, you know, I just don't ever think about sex. And again, it's because we're expecting it to happen spontaneously. Correct. But I really recommend that people make an active effort to think about sex. Um, so if you have that little calendar on the date, could you take a few minutes just to think about, okay, you know it, we've got a few days until it's coming up. What do I want to do during that time? Um, so it might feel kind of funny or unnatural sure. at first to be you know making yourself think about sex, but it actually really does help. It just kind of carves out that little bit of space for you to to play around with it and, and think about it a bit. Um, so that can really help. Taking some time to explore your own body as well, Um, you know, that can really help you feel more connected to your body, to your sense of desire. Um, And yeah, just trying to have the lines of communication open with your partner as well. Um, if you feel like you can at least, you know, talk about sex, it's just going to naturally feel like it's a bit more top of mind for the two of you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like the idea because it's, it's one of those things that gives us a sense of control that brings back maybe a little bit of a normalcy or empowerment mm-hmm. to our lives that how do we, and, and this is the dilemma because I can already hear people of the SMR nation, uh, hearing this as they're listening, um, responding with some sort of a, yeah, but we've got like two ends of the dichotomy going on right now, right? Mm -hmm. I've got this stress and this unknown and this volatility and this uncertainty that's going to do everything possibly to squash all of this. But Mm -hmm. yet I've got this benefit of what it could be if I could get to the other side (laughs) of this thing, right? (laughs) Um, and so, In in some regards, the way I think of this, Vanessa, tell me tell me where you are with this is that's a natural dynamic anyway. It's just been compounded. It's just more Mm -hmm. magnified because that's Mm -hmm. that goes right in line with this idea of the way I frame what you've been describing about is sex doesn't happen by accident, Mm -hmm. right? That we don't just stumble into it. Um, That's only in movies. (laughs) Then it seems like, how did that go from there to there? Well, Uh because the script said that's what they were supposed to do. That's how. Mm -hmm. But it's recognizing, okay, if that's the case of what's going on, how could I be using my marriage and my sex life and my sexuality to my advantage more to actually get the benefits Mm -hmm. of what it could provide rather than, well, I'm just powerless in this whole thing, so I guess I just hunker down until it all goes away.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that there really is an incredible opportunity in front of us to learn some foundational relationship skills here. So, yes, we're all scared, we're all overwhelmed, we don't know what's coming next. Um, Yes, we're all having days where we would just rather, you know, curl into a ball and bury our head in the sand and not do anything. Um, But I do think that there is, yeah, this amazing opportunity to deepen intimacy, to strengthen our foundation. To the point, you know, that's why I said where it's not just about surviving, you know, our relationship surviving this, it's about can we even thrive? And so, you know, with these sexual skills, yes, it's the exact same thing that's always been going on in relationships. It's just compounded and magnified right now. So if your sex life before this crisis was really suffering because you were expecting that you were just supposed to feel desire out of nowhere and it was supposed to magically be the time, space, privacy, energy, desire from both partners from, you know, for sex out of nowhere, um, you know, that now here's this opportunity to learn hey, that's actually not how it works. We do have to put effort into right. creating the sex life that's going to feel pleasurable and intimate and connecting for both of us. So how do we do that? You know, And, and taking some of these skills and putting them to use. And then once this has passed, what an incredible foundation you could have sure. for moving forward with your sex life from there.
1: Absolutely, because this is about also just taking charge of, of what's going on in your surroundings that you can be responsible for in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I can almost hear uh, the the power and the importance of the stuff that's coming in to you as far as the media, the the information, the the noise, how, whatever it might be. Um, it could easily be in the dampening category. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I want to know more and I want to keep up with it. But if if I've had a if I've got a schedule tonight of ooh, I need to be in a little bit better a headspace today, well then do some proactive things to get yourself there more than just five or 10 or 30 minutes ahead of time, right? Yeah. Limit, yeah. limit the information and do some things that are really edifying and uplifting. This is one of the things that's been fascinating for Pam and I is just a couple of days ago, um, we were kind of at odds in this little tension time and we've found the benefit of a walk that will help us talk it out and uh, almost have sometimes the strategy of we walk as far as it takes us to start feeling a little less tension, and then we can turn around and start heading back towards home. And so sometimes it could be a really long walk because, you know, we've been around a long time and that stuff happens. <laughs> uh, but that night uh, we were just trying to fill some time and I was like, hey, let's play a card game. And I threw out one that she constantly beats me at. and She's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm really not feeling that one. And I'm like, well, what if we did this game? And it was another card game that we did as newlyweds. And mm-hmm. for years we played this at the beginning of our marriage. And it's actually been, we played it, we taught it with our kids last night and played it as a family. And it's like, it's been one of those things. It's like, oh, that's been such a different little pressure release and bond that it's just us sitting on a floor playing a card game that has a lot of good memories and nostalgia built into it, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. such an amazing Boost that something just like that can provide. And it just allows us to use the resources and the skills we've already got.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. Super sweet. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, the the word that just keeps coming up over and over again is creativity. You know, yeah. can we try just playing around with things a little bit, trying new things, trying to come up with creative solutions to stuff? You know, if we, if we can approach these challenges with that creativity, with an open mind, there's actually a lot of joy that we can experience right now. Totally. All the chaos.
1: Totally. So Vanessa, Till. um, those are the people in SMR nation that are hearing you for the first time because they missed the episode seven <laughs> weeks ago. Um, uh-huh. And even if they didn't and they heard you and they want to know more, plus <laughs> something that you've got that just came out that can help in this time, tell people how they can find all of that.
2: Yeah. So you can find me over at vmtherapy.com. It's my initials, vmtherapy.com. And actually, if you go to vmtherapy.com slash check-in, it's just one word check-in. Um, we have put together this free guide for couples uh, that we're calling the simple daily check-in that every couple must be doing right now. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's a, a five question, super simple, straightforward check-in that you can do with your partner every day. It just takes a couple of minutes and it is definitely going to help decrease your stress, increase your connection and build intimacy. So um, Xander and I have been doing it every single day and just really, really enjoying it. And I know that it can absolutely help. So I'm excited to offer that for free to everyone. That's
1: fantastic. And all that information uh, and where you can find that, I'll put it in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, don't try to dri- write that down while you're driving. Safety yes, first. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vanessa, thanks so much again for coming back on uh, and helping just give some real practical information that uh, I think everybody's facing. And mm-hmm. and if the more I think we can have times where we can collaborate and, and help other people see it as, you know what, hold on. There's a lot of benefit you can do. There's a lot of different things that you, you got at your fingertips, <laughs> pun mm-hmm. intended, um, <laughs> that they can help you out. And so thank you so much for the work that you're doing and the help that you are in times like this.
2: Thank you so much for having me back on. It's really been a joy and I appreciate you providing this platform and being able to connect with your listeners.
1: Absolutely. We'll catch you again soon.
2: All right. Take care.
1: So what jumps out to me, Pam, is how there is such across the board on how people react to things that are so beyond our control.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That uh, for some people, uh, life is pretty much what it was and is, and they're just trying to act like or live life like it is and has been.
0: That's how they cope.
1: For some, it's a, let's be stoic about it and it's not going to impact me. Mm Mm-hmm. But deep down, it could be really impacting you and you're just mm-hmm. not even aware of it. And some, uh, they're, they're in panic mode. Right. And it, it is one of those things that's just recognizing, man, humans, we have a lot, a lot of different things that happen and how we want to respond to things. And I don't know if there's a right in this as humans, right? There's, sure. If you look at the complexities of who we are as people, a lot of times there's not necessarily this is the right way as a psychological way to address things or the emotional way to address things.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there a right or wrong way to react because you might be inflaming a situation?
1: Uh, I, I think there's wrongs.
0: Gotcha. Right?
1: But I don't know if there's a hard and fast right way because that's the same thing we talk about here on, in marriage Okay. In the, in the whole journey is if anybody could come up with the roadmap and the actual, here is the code to have the great marriage. Um, trillionaire, right there, waiting to happen. Sure. <laughs> but there's not right as far as universally one way. So, I mean, for us and, and for a lot of the SMR nation, the right is, is knowing there's still a God in place. And, you know, there's still, salvation is still there through his son. Right. And, and, and that provides hope and clarity but when we get into the human existence side of this it is a whole different realm of how people try to deal with it and so what we're hoping with smr is uh, that you see you're not alone Mm -hmm. in a lot of these and then the other thing is how do you just start to see it as okay wait what really does matter what's the important stuff in my life Mm -hmm. and how do i carve out some time to make sure i'm doing that And dealing with that and addressing that and being a part of that. Because your marriage can be an ally in this. So can your sex life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because there's there's some tremendous properties and bonds that come from it. So our hope is find your way back to it if it's been dormant for a while. Or enhance it if it's already going pretty well. Well, This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. (laughs) Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We left something undone. Let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. See you next time.